welcome to the replay. Jeff Bezos, all those years ago, I remember when I got started online, I built my first website in 1995. And I remember hearing about Jeff Bezos, this guy who they said was crazy because he was going to sell books online out of his garage. And I remember over the years reading the articles as the skeptics, you know, would just say, can it ever be a profitable business model? And is this guy insane? And I was a Amazon customer very early on, and I was an Amazon associate making money off of Amazon.com purchases very early on. And today, Amazon.com is a household name, of course, one of the most successful companies in the world. If there is a company that is going to reach a trillion dollar valuation like Apple just did, Amazon is in line to have that happen to them next. Odds are you have ordered something this week, if not today, from Amazon or one of their subsidiaries, one of the companies that they own that you might not even know that they own. And we're going to talk today about Amazon and the success principles that have gotten Jeff and his team to where they are. We're going to teach you how to be like Amazon. Uh, but before we get there, I want to welcome everybody to the program. If you're just joining, then please share this broadcast. Let us know where you're checking in from. Uh, you're going to learn some fantastic stuff from my guest today. And if you've got anybody that's got a business, whether it's you or somebody you know, you don't want them to miss this. We're going to be taking your questions as well so that you can learn how to be like Amazon. And I want to give a quick shout out to the, uh, the folks that are sponsoring this show, my good friends at Dot Live. And you should know by now that Joel.Live isn't just the name of a show, it's actually a website. Let me pull up a new browser here like this, and I'm going to pull up Joel.Live. There we go. So I own Joelcom.com, but this specific site, Joel.Live, is created to brand myself in the live video marketing space. And you can see here that uh, some of my previous videos are on here and there's a sign up on here. And the reason for that is branding is important. And if you are either doing live videos or if you are a speaker and you speak live on stage, then maybe you should consider owning a .live domain name. And if you go to joel20.live, you could actually, it'll take you right to the site where you can type in to look for your own .live domain name. And if the name that you find is a regular domain name, it'll put 20% off in the cart for you automatically. And then you can start building your .live online brand. It's pretty cool. You should do that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not going to shit on you, but I think it's a good idea that you do that. Obviously, duh, because I got, I actually own Joel.live and Joel.com live. Pretty cool stuff. So welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Please do share that the broadcast is live. And if you want to comment on what we're talking about here, you can actually comment anywhere on Facebook that you're seeing the video. But if you want us to see your comments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash TV app. TV is the uh, application that I use to do 
joel.live. It's what allows me to do these cool lower thirds like you see here, the split screen interviews, and also allows me to click on comments like this one from Rich. Hello, Rich, good to see you, and put it on the screen so stylishly. Also, you can see up here in the corner, even though it's against a white background, um, you could see my brand here. I can fix that in a moment so you can actually see that. You'll you'll see here in a moment. Uh, so you want to go to facebook.com forward slash TV app. Scroll down the Facebook page, find this video, watch there. And that way, when you comment, I can see them and I can say, hello, Rory, how are you? Hey, James, how you doing? Muriel, checking in from New Jersey and, and hello to the rest of you as well. Glad you are here. All right. Without no further ado to be a done, I want to bring my guest in here. His name is Brian Eisenberg. Brian is the co-founder of Buyer Legends. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's a keynote speaker. If there's somebody that understands online marketing, he's been at it a long time. You know, he and I both have gray hair and that's that's how you know that we've been at this for a long time. He's an expert in improving conversion rates. He helps organizations with their customer experiences. And he's written a book that we're going to talk about today that's called Be Like Amazon. Even a lemonade stand can do it. Welcome to Joel.live, Mr. Brian Eisenberg. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Uh, I'm glad you're, you're here today. When did, uh, when did Amazon get started? What year was it? Uh, 94, the idea 95 is when it launched. And so same thing, I built my first e-commerce site in 95, mm -hmm. um, back in those early days, uh, both my brother and I, you know, who, who've been business partners since then, um, didn't have a lot of faith in Amazon originally. We, same thing. He was crazy. There was no way he was going to be able to make this as a business. Uh, in 1998, we started our first, uh, conversion rate optimization agency, uh, 2001. One, uh, we started publishing our first books. And even then, like, yeah, they were doing some things good, but we're like, it was still questionable whether they would really explode or not. Mm -hmm. um, but there's no question, the last 10 years have completely changed the uh, projection of where uh, Amazon is going. And it's why why we see Walmart reacting the way they, they have been the last two years. Did you ever doubt, though, when you saw it happening, were you like, this guy is onto something or were you questioning the model as well so i always i always question the model i you know the truth of the matter is i really didn't understand what he was doing and, and and it's it's taken 20 years to really kind of deconstruct with conversations of people who've come in and out of amazon um, other friends uh trying to track down as much information as they put out there because they really don't put out a lot to understand that he was doing something like i'll give you a perfect analogy Imagine if we woke up tomorrow and everyone else in the world was doing their business on Palm Pilots. Right. And he was operating his business with an iOS device. Right. And he's the only one who can copy and paste and has all these specialty apps. And you're still struggling with a little pencil to kind of move things around and all pixelated. What Jeff Bezos did is he understood where digital was going way before anyone else did and what value it brought you far above anyone else. Uh, he was so much ahead of his time. And it's a reason Warren Buffett calls him the best CEO in America because he's done it not only in retail, he's done it in services, he's done it in technology, he's doing it now in newspapers with the Washington Post. He, he's uh, He's got it figured out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, he's, he's definitely a smart guy. Uh, JS says Amazon's actual revenues from shipping will be higher than FedEx and UPS combined in the next few years. 
Yeah. Um, and, and let's keep in mind they have, uh, you know, close to 100 million Prime members, you know, and the average Prime member when they land on the Amazon website convert at 74%. Wow. I, I've been Prime since the year they came out with it. And, you know, they grandfathered us in here for a little yep. bit. Um, and then, you know, they've raised their rates, of course. Uh, I'm doing a little search. I'm going to um, archive.org to find the earliest version oh, i have it you have it i do i have to, I have to find it but I, I definitely have amazon's original homepage. oh that that i would like to see um if you'll say if you'll put the url in i'll pull it up and i can do a share screen it looks like the earliest that they have on archive.org is from 1998 december 12th 1998 and uh it's trying to pull it up maybe the wayback machine doesn't have it after all oh no here we go <clears throat> let's see here i'm gonna show you guys what amazon looked like in 1998 this uh, is already sophisticated by then yeah it oh, no, no, no. i'm talking about the one with the gray background if you, um, you'll drop the I'll link to, to the little chat I'll find it. yeah i'll have to find it when we're done because i'll have to get onto the uh, onto the other side of the screen to kind of look for that but I'll put it up in the comments so people can kind of see it's it's, it's really uh, quite mind blowing when you see how simple they started to, to where they are now. Yeah, and, and by... like think about this. If they convert at 74 percent, they're converting 22 times better than the average website. Wow. They don't have 22 times better technology. They don't have 22 times smarter people. Their design isn't 22 times better. Their selection isn't 22 times better. So what is it? And that's really the, the question that I went uh, digging for. Well, let's go ahead and jump into that then. Let's talk a little bit about what exactly is it that Amazon is doing that uh, that they're crushing it, some of the principles. So I, we have to start with the first one, right? And, 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 and you know, going back to Simon Sinek, it's all about what the CEO believes, right? And, and really getting to Jeff Bezos' why. And uh, if you've read the Everything Store, very early on um, in the book, he talks about in, in 1994, he, his goal was to create Earth's most customer-centric company. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if you've ever met uh, Jeff Bezos or not, or, or just listened to videos of him, but I, I think you can imagine he's probably not the warm, fuzzy type, mm -hmm. right? It's not, it's not his personality. Um, you know, before Amazon, he was, you know, in uh, investment banking and, and, you know, an analyst. I mean, this is a, this is a data geek at his heart. And what he understood that data centric, uh, customer centric was, was really that he can have data tied to a unique identifier from day one. And if you look at Amazon's growth chart, right, and I'm going to kind of plot it for you, it grew, it grew, it grew. And then 10 years ago, all of a sudden, it did this. So what changed 10 years ago that made it zoom up so fast? So what was the biggest event 10 years ago that we have to think about? Uh 2008 well the economy uh oh the iphone right and same year the, the economy started taking a dip though yep well that too but and, and that didn't hurt either but what happened was the day the iphone launched there was an amazon app that you were logged into you yeah. tied your now phone number to an email address and if you added something to your cart on your phone it showed up on your computer and they were the only one to be able to do that for a couple of years. And so they, they he understood, got early. Yeah, and he understood everything. You bought, 
everything you browsed, everything you shared, everything you wished for, every highlight you did in a Kindle, every show you watched on Amazon Prime, all those photos you put into you know, Amazon Prime photos for free. And all of that gives them a picture of who you are, what you do. And now, uh, have you been into a Whole Foods recently? Yes, it's right? Amazon. Yeah. So, right, so now if you go with the, with the uh, Whole Foods app, this is the brilliance, they ask you to connect your Amazon account to the Whole Foods app. So you can show in the store, I can I can probably pull it up here, this this little um hold on, this little um there it is. All right. You can use that. Now now probably the whole world can scan it. I don't know what they can do to me, but <laughs> we're gonna but, shop and on your account and have stuff sent to us. Yeah. But when you go into the store now and you and, and you show them this, it knocks off 10% of your price. Now think about that. Is saving 10% from their perspective, worth tying the data of what you bought to everything else you bought. Yeah, and loyalty. I mean, and it's loyalty. totally worth it. And so it's just, it's it's a philosophy of thinking that no other business has had. So when you see Walmart trying to compete, Walmart has always been the expert at product, price, logistics. But if you walked into Walmart and you were the number one customer in the world, and I was the worst customer in the world, they wouldn't even greet us, either one of us, they wouldn't have a clue. They just know about what products moved. And that's the difficult part about it. There it is. There's that growth chart. Look at look at that. So this is, you know, 1998 right here. Uh, it's $5 a share. Today at 1886. So if you bought Amazon, you know, really anywhere before 2014, um, the growth that you've seen has been phenomenal. But if you bought way back here, Holy cow! So, do, do you remember? Do you remember the first copy blogger um, uh, live conference in in Colorado? Uh, Brian Clark's conference. I was not there, but I remember him doing it. Yeah. Okay. So I, I presented an early version of my presentation about this book before the book was written, um, all about Amazon. And um, his partner Sean went ahead and bought stock based on what I told him. <laughs> what year was that? Uh, thirteen, fourteen, something like that. Wow. So he he's done pretty well from that one. Uh, you know, uh, Asaba says that uh, she's an Amazon junkie, and and so many of us are. It, it's you know, it's the first place, and, and we all do this thing where we go into a store and we see the price, and we pull up our app and go, oh, you know, I can buy this on Amazon, just have it shipped to me in two days. I can wait two days, and I can get it a little cheaper in in many circumstances. Yeah, I mean, it happened to me today. My 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 stand for my mic broke, right? And so I went on, I went looking first on Prime Now to see if I can replace it so I'd have one for this call. Okay, D couldn't do that. Uh, they had a couple, but it didn't really, they didn't really work with what I had. I didn't want to replace uh, my mic. So I said, okay, I, I went ahead. They're going to deliver it to me on Sunday. Now, I, of course, I could have run. I'm in the middle of Austin here. I can run to Precision Camera, a couple of local stores. And maybe they had exactly what I wanted. Maybe they didn't. But on Amazon, I found exactly what I wanted. It's going to be delivered on a Sunday. And... I could still be in my shorts and not have to deal with almost 100 degree heat. I'm all so for it. This this convenience, you know, you you mentioned. So they came out with the app, and now it's on our phone, and so we have convenience. So this is one of the the key things that we can all do. Correct. This is this is what what I call the first pillar of Amazon success. And now, just to give you a little background. I wrote an article about the four pillars many many years ago. Uh, again, right, well before the book. And a friend of mine was uh, uh, looking for a job at Amazon and she got a letter from one of the recruiters, an email 
And in there, they linked to my article on the four pillars. And that's where I'm like, okay, I'm onto something here, right? Because I kind of piece things together. So yeah, if they're Dan, pointing, I, if I, Amazon's Dan, pointing to you, um, talking about them, uh, then you're you're definitely on the uh, the right track. By the way, for those of you just joining, this is uh, Brian Eisenberg, and he is author of the book "Be Like Amazon." Even a lemonade stand can do it. The URL for the book right there: be like Amazon.com. And if you subscribe, you can get the first three chapters right away. And and every two days, another chapter. Is this the whole book for free right here? Uh, most of it. Nice. Yeah, I think I or maybe it's the first six chapters or something like that. But just it's well, first of all, the the book is uh, as, as you remember is pretty tiny. Right. It's less than a two hour read. Yeah. So uh, and, and it's uh it, it's written in the form of a narrative, but yeah um, you know I took that first pillar which is this customer centricity right. Tying in that data, using that data to serve your customer, and then bringing that data in to find innovations to bring value to your customer. So having a culture of innovation is critical. Because um, as I learned while working with uh, Google for two years, the way they call, like to call it around there is uh, you're constantly walking on quicksand. Mm. Right? The world is changing so fast. I mean, if you if you were living in the middle of an industrial revolution, eh, it might have been five, six years until you saw something really significant. But as you know, every Every week, it seems something new and big is happening and changing in our world today. Right. Right. And so you have to be able to, to adapt and innovate quickly. I mean, voice interfaces weren't such a big thing, but look at the way they've been exploding. Uh, AR, VR. So every day there's something new. So you have to have an innovation. But great innovation without execution, you're, you're doomed. As, as we talk about in the book, you know, we give the example of Kodak Camera, who invented the digital camera in 1970s. And um, in case, uh, you know, we're talking with cameras in front of us and we have phones, you know, that cameras, uh, there's no Kodak technology in here today. No. They fail to act, right? True. And Amazon is built to respond and to be quick and to, uh, I mean, they spend over $15 billion, could just be with, you know, 15 with a B, um, billion dollars on research and development and they execute on this stuff all the time. And a lot of it's failure but they're trying and that's the whole point. Uh, and then lastly, when you're going in such a fast circle of trying to innovate on behalf of your customers and then acting on it, you know that you're gonna make mistakes along the way and so you have to optimize it. And if you think about it as kind of gears in a circle and we'll kind of draw that out in the book, um, the faster you keep these four pillars moving of customer centricity, innovation, um, agility and uh, optimization, there we go. I'm the there it is. Right? Whole bunch of gears. The only, by the way, the only picture in the book. Um, I like pictures. Tough. More pictures. This is a story. It was hard to put pictures in. There, there it is for you guys to see. There's the, um, the gears, and you can see. The flywheel. Uh, yep, as we call it. The flywheel. Okay. So, and, uh, and so what we wanted to do. Yeah, and so what we wanted to do is prove that it's not only Amazon that can live with that kind of a business and with that kind of an operating system, right? But can smaller business do it? And so we have everything in there from businesses that are doing, you know, just a couple of million dollars a year to businesses that are doing, you know, 300 million plus a year. And uh, they're all operating from these principles. And it seems to be the modern business OS. We have to start, stop thinking of businesses as silos and hierarchies and start thinking as small strategic teams that can act and innovate uh, and come up with new ideas and have data at the center of all of it. 
Uh, JS has a great question here. He wants to know what about Apple taking over the number one position in personal audio from Sony? Well, so that so that's an interesting thing because uh, you know if you think about it, again going back to the history of uh, of Amazon, obviously they started in books, but their second category was music, mm -hmm. and uh, you know obviously they 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 sold it. They didn't get into much of the streaming early on, and so Apple definitely hit them there. Um, but between Apple and Amazon early on, they, they obviously killed the tower records and all the independent, most of the independent yep. music stores. Um, once Apple started doing, uh, uh, you know, the uh, the iPod, um, they are actually started going into many more categories, and that's the whole point. Amazon doesn't necessarily have to be profitable, and this is why they're so dangerous. They don't have to be profitable in any one category. Like they're very profitable in books, right? But uh, they're very profitable today in fashion. But they don't have to be profitable in any one category in, at, at any one time because they have this portfolio of businesses. If you think about it, they have thousands of startups in their organizations, and that's the way they view it. Absolutely amazing. Okay, so customer centricity, continuous optimization is number two. What's number three? No, the two is a culture of innovation. Okay. On your, on your website, it's a it's number three. Just so you, uh -oh. yep. Um, three is um, uh, corporate agility, and then the final one is the is the continuous optimization. Got it. They do all of these so well, every every bit of it. So you know, okay, but people, you know, the first response is like, yeah, but Amazon's Amazon. How do I? bring this home into my little one person business my favorite question so i'm going to give you i'm going to give you uh two parts of that answer the first one is when jeff bezos started his business in 1995 as a little startup that took 60 me meetings to raise a million dollars okay he is not mr special um he had the audacity to believe that he could take on walmart the world's biggest retailer so they laughed was, they were like <laughs> isn't yeah. he cute and, and now they're kind of worrying a little bit and we see with all their acquisitions. Yeah. But secondly, let me give you an example that uh, um, a lot of people can relate to. And it's, it's one that's not even in the book. Okay. Um, book remember, you know, everybody write this down. Yeah. So, um, you know, Patrick Rudell? I do not. Okay. Um, he's been online world forever, but he also opened up a mini donut factory in Tampa, Florida. Okay. Amazing donuts, by the way. And, and when you think about donuts, obviously they have to taste good. So he's, he's got a good recipe, but he realized that how is he gonna grow a business to be different than everyone else who has donuts, right? Cause you can get donuts in so many places today. So he did a few things that were quite unique. So first of all, the same way Amazon starts from um, the rear, from, from, the, from the back, he thought about what, what's gonna make him successful. Well, it's people taking pictures of his donuts and putting it on Yelp and Google and Facebook and Instagram. And so the first thing he does is when you go in there, the donuts get made fresh for you as soon as you walk in. So they're hot, they're delicious, they're perfect. But then his staff decorates all the different things he has on his menu. And they're all kind of unique recipes and stuff like that. And every single one has to look absolutely perfect because if they're not perfect, he's going to throw it out and start again. That's customer centric. Okay. He's constantly trying to come up with new recipes every month. He's trying to add new things to see what's going to stick, what's going to work. That's innovation. In order to be able to satisfy the lines of people, and, and seriously, if you if you, you could see pictures of his store, uh, and, and you can go, by the way, if you pull up the page on Yelp, you'll see the amount of reviews this place has. What, what's the name of it? 
mini donut factory in Tampa, Florida. Okay. Okay. Um, he's had to learn how to make these very quickly and create systems. And, and now he's opening up his fourth, he's working on working on four stores. He's, I know he's definitely opened up his second store. Uh, how to be quick to deliver these these donuts. I mean, look, how many how many reviews does he have now? 632 reviews, four and a half stars. And look at these uh, these pictures. I am, all right, uh, this interview is over. I'm gonna go get some donuts. Let's go, maybe he'll send us some. Yeah, this, this would be good. Hey, donut boy, bring it. And then, by the way, it, early on, he hated his boxes, but he knew, you know, to get started, you have to sacrifice somewhere because you don't have all the resources. Oh, yeah, I, I love gosh, that picture. Look at those. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> and so now he's gotten new custom, you know, uh, boxes that fit the, the, you know, his donut is better. And and so that's how you keep optimizing. You keep getting better. Oh, yeah. The shake with the donut. Do that? Oh, yeah. The shake with the, the donut through the straw on the top. Wow. I'm gaining weight as you, as you show. I know. I'm, I'm like, I'm just, I'm going into a, uh, a diabetic fit right here, right now. They're kind of like a voodoo donuts only. They're mini. Exactly. So you can taste lots of them. Yeah. That's that's the beauty. That's smart. So I mean, if a donut shop can do it, and I mean, I know pest control companies. I know uh, in the book we talk about a, a company that picks up garbage, jewelers, HVAC companies. If if these guys can do it, and Amazon do, does it, I, I think there's probably a place somewhere in between where you fit in. Can I just we say all want donuts that, that you can order them online. Yeah, he's, like, like I said, he's getting sophisticated. They'll ship you donuts now? That's cool. I didn't know that. Oh, my. No, no. You have to pick a locate. Probably you order them, then go pick them up. Yeah, because you need them fresh. That would make yeah, sense. You, you need them fresh. Absolutely. Now, now, if they really want to innovate, figure out how to preserve these fresh donuts for overnight delivery, and people would pay for that. Oh, yeah. That would, that would be awesome. What's another example of a small business that uh, that is doing this effectively? Um, you know, one of my favorite examples, because again, it just shows how innovation doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Um, so I'm here in, in, in Austin, it gets quite toasty. Got a couple of air conditioning units out here. Uh, my friend Ken Goodrich actually has uh, several uh, heating and air conditioning companies, um, you know, Las Vegas. Um, uh, you can ask you know, many of our friends who live out there, they hate his commercials, they hear them all the time. They know of this guy, but here's the thing. When Ken was growing up, his dad taught him that in order for an AC unit to work properly, all the screws need to be completely tightened. Because if there's any little bit of, of uh, looseness to them, they'll vibrate and that vibration uh, in the chassis will cause problems to the, to the motor later on. Okay, so what does he do? Because if they go to your house to work on your AC or work at my house, we wouldn't know if they change the screws, whether they tighten them, there's no possible way to know. So all they did is they introduced bright red screws. Yeah. So wait a minute. Think about that. Think about how much it costs just to have red screws versus the silver. Uh, hold on, I probably have a screw right here. You know, or, or, or a screw like this. I mean, oh, that, this that, is what the average one looks screw. like. I've got some of those too. <laughs> right? But they made theirs with a red cap, an all red. Okay. It costs a fraction of a penny per thing. But when you look at your air, air conditioner, you can see every single one has been changed. So mm -hmm. that's, that's customer centric because you demonstrated that you've changed it and they know it, whether they know anything about AC units or not. It also is great for their operations because as a tech, 
Now all I have to do is look. Oh, that one's not bright red. I've been there before, but that one's not bright red. Let me take it out and put in a new one. And it makes no difference. So it's little things, and that's the thing. It's little things that don't have to cost a lot that you can use these same four pillars and grow your business. Well, your, your book is called Be Like Amazon, Even a Lemonade Stand Can Do It. So I'm guessing that you have examples for how would a lemonade stand apply these four pillars. Uh, so yeah. let, let's talk about those. Um, well, I, I mean, certainly th those are those. Um, you know, we have examples from um, uh, jewelers. So uh, another one of the examples in the book that I really like is um, uh, Spence Jewelers up in, in Toronto. And what they decided to do was they wanted, you know, if you've ever gone to a jewelry store, you know, everything's behind the cases, right? So you can't really access it. So, uh, and they opened one up here in the domain in Austin as well. All the rings are out and open because what they basically did is put every single designer uh, band that's out there readily available and they all have different um, uh, cubic zirconia in there. So mm. it looks like the real ring. It's just not as expensive or as valuable as that ring. Uh, and now you can try it on and see exactly the way it looks. And so, um, they, and then what, you pick the ring you want, the diamond you want, and then they go ahead and, and they get it at a better price as well because they're buying uh, diamonds that day. So they're optimizing price. I mean, again, we go into a lot of detail about what each one of these companies uh, does in, in, in order to, to operate this way. Uh, we have a confession here. JS, we already knew that you had a few loose screws, probably more than a few. By the way, it's good to see you, bud. He's got a question here about Amazon's use of heuristics, though. How does that translate to small business? Well, what does he mean by heuristics? Because I want to make sure we're, we're aligned. I, I'm I'm guessing he means the technology behind interpreting right all the data. But JS, what uh, what specifically um, do you mean, and how how and how that translates to uh, to small business? Because certainly, you know, Jeff did raise, even though it took time, he did raise a bunch of money. And there's a lot of us that you know we're just start we're here behind our computers. We have an idea and a passion, and away we go. And so without the finances to do some of these things and to keep it on a budget, that's why I was asking you about the lemonade stand, right? You know, because setting up a lemonade stand is is knowing, um, you know, is the most basic thing. You make some lemonade, you get some ice pitcher cups, set up your, you know, thing and away you go. Yeah, but so so here's what if I were going to let's 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 imagine you and I were going to set up a lemonade stand. Let's not do it in Austin because my the, the quick idea I have on how to differentiate myself would probably can we call um, put it us out of business Ryan's lemonade stand though yeah yeah definitely yeah J and B absolutely J &B's lemonade I like it yeah uh, maybe we'd make our cups ice glasses and then you pour the lemonade into the ice shot hmm. just to be a little different mm -hmm. right it's all about what are you doing to create that memorable experience right the whole point of being remarkable as people are going to remark about you right they're going to go oh that's different i've never seen that before exactly so I, i'm going to give you another another really cool example a friend of mine you know the website you can pull up she just launched a brand new business okay. so i can't send you donuts but i can send you whoopie pies what is it tico's whoopie pies spell tico uh t-i-c-o he goes W-H-O-O-P-I-E-S. Uh, hold on. I'm going to make sure I have it for you here. Because there's just so many ways to spell whoopee. <laughs> it's W-H-O-O-P-I-E-S. Uh, Pies. Whoopies.com. Whoopies, not pies. 
Yeah, ticoswhoopies.com. You know, I, if I didn't know better, I probably wouldn't go <laughs> to that site, but I feel like this is safe. So This is safe, promise you. <laughs> Here it is. Oh, those look delicious. Okay, but but what's cool about it, and I wish I, I wish um, uh, my uh, uh, the box was closer to me. It happens to be in my kitchen right now, but um, I, I, she just sent me a, a box of these. Uh, they are amazing. The red velvet is over the top, by the way. Uh, so is the pumpkin spice. Those those by, by far we shared them in my in my son's gym with a whole bunch of the athletes today, and everyone agreed that red one uh, knocked her socks off. But what she did is, besides the product being good, because that's the that's the most basic thing that has to has to exist, is the packaging. The packaging is just so incredibly brilliant and vibrant. Um, and uh, like, I mean, I have I have a picture of it. I don't know if I can if I can show you guys. I'm, I'm seeing if she has the packaging in on the website. I'm I see them on plates. Um, yeah, we're, I'm going to have to tell her that's one of the things she's going to have to add. So here yeah. you go. Hang on, let me put you up here so people can see that. All right, go ahead and zoom in there and put it all the way up there so we can see. So there's oh, that's a cool box. Hold yeah. on, I'm going to kind of keep scrolling through it. Right, you can. Uh huh. That's that's the other side of the box. Then you open it up, and there's a little pad in there for little all notes. Up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really nice. And then. There's the pad and a glow-in-the-dark uh, magnet as well, right? And they're going to handwrite the notes, and they're going to do all this. And it's like they're making it remarkable. And it's like I got this, and I said, you know what? This is going to be my new thing. Like, you know, after I speak at an event, I'm going to send a box of these um, uh, to my uh, host as a thank you because it really is such a really well done. It's obviously very well thought out, and it's all part of creating a great experience. Yeah, um, now, now I mean, you're talking donuts, you're talking whoopie pies. I'm getting hungry, and I want. And it is Friday afternoon, man. So I want something sweet. So uh, JS responded he, about the question about heuristics. He, it's Amazon predicting items that you might want. You know, product suggestions. Oh, um, I, I, absolutely. So yeah, that that but that's using data. And, and the thing is, you know, there's a lot of technologies today that you can actually buy off the shelf, and some of them are not super super cheap. But there's been there's been people in you know who've sold things in the you know thousand two thousand range that kind of do almost the same exact things. All these little technologies that Amazon developed, and some that have taken it to a you know big scale. Obviously, that you can almost replicate all all the technologies that Amazon has built in house. There's no question about it. Mm. Uh, Barb comments that packaging can make or break a product fast. Pet Rock quickly comes to mind. I remember buying. A oh pet no. Yeah, who didn't? And, and a pet ghost. Did you ever get the pet ghost? I did not. What What was the package of that one look like? The pet. It was like a little haunted house. It was a box, and you'd open up the box, and that was his home. So the packaging was part of the product because you know, it was like this invisible string, and you'd make it, you know, dance around and woo. So it would start inside the actual packaging, which was this haunted house box. So it was part of the product, but you couldn't eat it. Oh, that's true. So I have to tell you, while you were making that last comment that I'm sitting here salivating over donuts and, and whoopie pies, I had to go Google um, the best online bakeries. This is what you've done to me on this Friday afternoon. Okay. And, and now I have found a, a slideshow of uh, the places that you can order. Look at that. Oh, yep. my gosh. Well, so hold on a second. I, I'm, I'm going to add. I'm going to add one more that's probably not on the list, and I'll really make you hungry. 
Okay. Next time you go to New York, you have to go to Jacques Torres Cookies. Well, Jacques Torres, he's a chocolatier. And he makes the world's best chocolate chip cookies. Oh, my. How do you spell that? Uh, uh, J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. T-O-R-R-E-S. Now, they do send, they do, they do have a package that you can order to make them at home. But here's the thing, what he figured out is that chips is actually the wrong shape for chocolate in a cookie. So what he does, uh, and hopefully there's a picture of it in there. Um, oh, there right we are. They take discs of chocolate. And so you get layers of dough and chocolate and dough and chocolate. Oh, and the uh, New York Times called them the world's best chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, I want you to see what I'm doing right now. I yes. just, <laughs> I am putting six cookies at $3 a piece in my cart because you said so. I, you know what? If you don't like it, I promise to buy you twice as much of anything else. I don't know how I wouldn't like it. And that is what, this is true word of mouth, <laughs> right? Because we're going to be putting the food in there. Funny story about Jock Torres cookies. So uh, my son uh, was born, my middle, my youngest one was born um, the day of SES New York. I, I got the text while on stage from my wife that she was going to the hospital to deliver. And uh, I had, a, you know, at the end of the presentation, um, uh, you know, they asked if there was any questions. And I said, well, I actually have one announcement. Um, I need to leave soon because my wife just texted me. She's going into labor. Uh, and I had two more presentations that day. So my brother was able to take care of those. But I, I ran off to, to be with my wife, and eight and a half hours later, my son was born. Okay. That next year, um, well, when he was one years old, I couldn't be there because, again, the, the, the conference was there, and we had a, um, a board meeting uh, for the conference. And so I showed up. But what I did is I had Jacques Torres cookies delivered to the Hilton Hotel in New York City uh, for the board meeting. And people still talk about those cookies to today uh, as we sung my, and I have video of singing to my little one, happy birthday from all the people there. So you can ask them. It's, it's quite memorable. And by the way, just that example right there is such a, um, a, a great example of being exceptional, right? Because you, you're standing out, you're delivering a, an experience that nobody expects. Whenever somebody sends me something that's unique, you, you sit up and you pay attention you're like that was super clever it's why i sent my peers one of these because this never goes in the trash you get a yeah. button from joel com and that thing sits on your desk forever and it, every time somebody sees it it's like oh yeah ka-ching or what do you got peter shankman's oh what is Little it poker chip Look at that with his phone number. He's a superhero jumping out of the plane or something, right? Yeah. Nice. Right. Clever. So that another example. You know that that that's never going to get uh, be, be gotten rid of. What else you got? Oh, I've got all kinds of stuff. I I I, I always keep things. I love these examples of of uh, swag. You know, there's a, there's um. I came up with a part of my talk uh, when I realized how swag could be impactful and there's really three parts to developing um epic swag okay tell me tell me if you want to add or subtract or multiply in any of this i think that first of all the thing is is they have to open it right yes. it has to be compelling enough to open then they have to use it 
right? So consume, use, place, whatever, but then they have to keep it. Yes. If it doesn't have all three elements, curious enough to open it, try it, and then keep it. Then I would add a fourth. Okay, what's the fourth? They need to reuse it. Mm. They need to re-engage with it. Because if not, I mean, there's stuff sitting all over my shelves and I couldn't remember where I got them, why I got them. But the stuff that I keep coming back to, that's the stuff that I, I remember who gave it to me when I got it makes a big difference. Love it. Show us another example. Uh, let's find another example here. I've probably got some really cool ones. Oh, actually, here, here's one of the cool ones. So um, again, ne never forgotten. I used to, I was, I used to coach my, my middle son's uh, baseball teams. And out of all the years I coached, um, there was one parent, I think, you know, people got me little gift cards and stuff like that, but one parent got me this. Huh. What is, what kind of wood is that made of? I don't know. It's actually fairly light, but it's, you know, it's obviously, you know, hand carved, well done. And this stays on the top. Of, I have multiple bookshelves, but I have a short bookshelf and it stays there. And you know what? I'll never forget that parent because they did something that was so different than everyone else. Mm. It doesn't take much. It just takes a little bit of attention. I think this is where Amazon, again, coming back to it and, and all these businesses, we use the example, they just go a little over the top to make you feel exceptional. Mm. And, and, and that's and the word exceptional. Yeah, and create magic and, and to make an experience feel magical. And and uh you know, Disney's another great example has been doing cute magnets. Yeah, it's a it's a great way. Um I've gotten metal for uh, average. Average doesn't cut it. Yeah, or or here's another one. You know those little those little Belkin USB um and um uh, three prong plugs and USB chargers? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I remember getting that at a conference years ago. It's still in my bag. I never forget, forgot the, you know, the CEO and the company who, who got that it wasn't very expensive. It's like 15 bucks, 20 bucks, uh, you know, and they probably bought it bulk. So a little cheaper, but again, right. Those are the things that it's with, with me every single time I get on a plane or, you know, or, or drive to a hotel somewhere that's in my bag and I'm using it. Belkin. Your three prong, prong device is always with me. I shall never forget you. But you haven't. It's it's, it's haven't. legitimate. And so hopefully this is um, given uh, our, our viewers some things to think about in their own business. Don't be ordinary. Be extraordinary. And that means you have to take risks. If you're going to boldly go where nobody else has gone before, guess what? There's not a roadmap for success in that doing it is the roadmap so i'm going to give one last example from the book okay because it really deserve because this is the most audacious example so um not only did i write it but if you notice uh, my mentor and good friend roy h williams who wrote the wizard of ads trilogy of books was one of the co-authors and uh, a number of years ago he opened up wizard academy right uh, the, the business school here down uh, in south austin now he owns a marketing company. He's one of the largest small business um, uh, advertising uh, consultants in the world. Um, and who would have thought that opening up a free wedding chapel on the property would help his business school and his advertising agency? Hmm. But he spent countless amounts of money. And you, we can pull it up. Chapel Dulcinea as you know, the Dulcinea from Don Quixote, yeah. you can you can go there and there are a thousand 
free weddings a year from people come from all over the world to have a wedding there. And um, it's free. I'm, I'm no obligations. You just sign up. You pick a date. If it's if it's empty, they do three weddings a day. People have come from Japan, uh, Germany. The construction of this thing, every little Look detail, gas that. lines. Look at uh, that. I'm, I'm showing it right now. There it is. Chapel Dulcinea, free wedding chapel. Right. Huh. And it's it, it was a leap of faith. And this is one of the big things that, you know, uh, our good friend Avinash Kaushik will talk about it. Jeff Bezos also talks about it, that if you do things for, that are right for the customer as a leap of faith, it will pay you back over the long term. And so the first thing Roy, Roy built was this chapel on his property. And it's 31 acres. And it's now, if you go like to TripAdvisor and you look at things to do in Austin, Chapel Dulcine is right on there. And they go there. And of course, they have to walk through the property of Wizard Academy, which is their business school, and ask, well, what is this Wizard Academy thing? By the way, now they also opened up a whiskey distillery on campus. Because <laughs> they, also, they also run the Whiskey Marketing School, which is one of the most uh, successful whiskey uh, channels on YouTube. Uh, and again, just watch it and you'll see how they're doing a lot of the same principles of just truly being remarkable about it. It's beautiful and absolutely brilliant. Yeah, next time you come down here, we'll have to we'll have to take you down there. And I don't, I don't know if you're a whiskey drinker or not, but uh, maybe we can get you a, a sneak peek into the whiskey vault. Oh, that sounds like great fun. I'm, I'm not, but I enjoy watching other people drink it. <laughs> same, same here, but they've got 800 different bottles of whiskey. And I know I know people who would uh, who would be all over that. Yeah, their eyes just go like every day a uh, js is apparently going to go out and get something to eat and drink and uh and, and jay is going to go order awesome. something from amazon and i would encourage everybody to go to this website be like amazon.com i'll put that up for you right here this is the official site for the book and go get a copy of uh, this book uh, by brian and his bro jeffrey along with Roy Williams, be like Amazon, subscribe to his list right here and learn more about the four pillars of Amazon success and how you can apply them to, uh, to your own business. Brian, thanks so much. This has been really valuable stuff. It's, it's been a, a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, as, as you know, it's all, it's all about having a little fun in your life. And, uh, there's no question talking about this is fun because, um, I like to be able to help other businesses, no matter how big they are. Uh, three purchases. That's impressive. Um, <laughs> While watching. Like, While watching. Um, where's my affiliate link? I should be driving people to, uh, to Amazon getting paid. Mm. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I love doing it. I love helping businesses being able to, 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 uh, to, to thrive. And they just have to understand, you know, the, the you know, customers have changed. And we need to start thinking about different business a little bit differently. And everything I've shared with you today isn't even... Jeff, uh, Jeff Bezos' best brilliance. His brilliance is actually tied into the six-page memos that he makes people do, which we talk about in the book, and I'm not going to talk about. We'll leave that we won't for, give all the for them to read. Yeah. You guys, go go get a copy of the book. It's a quick read. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Be like Amazon. Even a lemonade stand can do it. If a lemonade stand can do it, you could do it. Brian Eisenberg. Uh, find out more about Brian, by the way, at his official website, brianeisenberg.com. There you go. You guys can go check that out. Say hi to Brian. Brian, send him a, a request on uh, where, do you, where do you like people to connect? Twitter, LinkedIn. What's your gig? Well, whatever they're happy to do, I'm happy to reach out and connect and answer any questions. 
By the way, the book's also available on Audible. So if they, if they don't feel like reading, they certainly can listen to it as well. Does it come with uh, lemonade? It doesn't, but it, it, it's it's definitely not your standard reading of a book. Let's just put it that way. I was just thinking, like, what could you send out with it? You could send like a packet of lemonade. Um, so when I when I sent, uh, I, I I've been known to send um, uh, my friend uh, company one of our, one of our clients who definitely lives by the four pillars, Jigsaw Health. They used to make these uh, lemonade. Uh, they well, they still do uh, lemonade electrolytes. And uh, I've been known to throw a few packets of that inside uh, when I've been sending people books. So yes, lemonade, electrolyte, donuts, whoopie pies, whiskey stuff. Uh, I see. Brian Eisberg, thanks, buddy. Really appreciate you, and mm -hmm. uh, appreciate all y'all out there in the uh, the great ether of this world that we are now connected to. Instantly, I'll be back next week. I'm working on a, a guest for you for next week that if I can get it nailed down, you're absolutely going to love it. So I'll see you then. And until Is it going to be red screwed down instead? Tell Yeah, right. Tell uh, tell everybody about the T-shirt that you sent me a picture of and uh, what they should do. Oh, absolutely. Well, I was in Miami this week. Uh, and th by the way, it's it's the T-shirt I wear almost on every single time I fly. It's uh, I think it's uh, it's very important. Uh, and, uh, of course it's the do good stuff. There you go. Right. And, uh, as I get onto a flight, I hand the flight attendant attendants, some chocolate. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, kisses like it was this week. Uh -huh. Sometimes it's, uh, M and M's, uh, kind of, uh, Peter Shankman. It's, it's just one of the business travel hacks that I like to share. Like, oh, uh, like yeah. let me share your like show. That. I wasn't familiar with this and you told me, and I want to give it a listen. The uh, website let me type this in so you guys can check it out. Businesstravelhacks.com is the uh, is your podcast, and yep. here it is. I'm going to go subscribe on um, on iTunes. You can also get it on Google Play. And uh, as much travel as I do, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of useful information out of this. Absolutely, there's there's some amazing tips in there. You know, my guest. You know, I've been doing it for 20 years, but. Um, I've been learning stuff from my guests. And so, you know, if you have 20 years doing it and you're, you're picking stuff up from your guests, that's a, uh, that's pretty good. And, and uh, you barely hear my voice, so be grateful. Uh, you get to hear their brilliance instead of mine on, on most of the podcasts. Awesome. Thanks again, Brian. Everybody do good stuff. Catch you.